0: Gold's still teasing, but back above 1800. The dollar still holding that 96 level. Energy's back up. Turkish Lyra was down some 70% before rebounding some 50%. Some currency volatility in the markets. The complete opposite of short interest, which is dropping in the overall indices. Three straight days of gains as Omicron fears abate. That's the new narrative, everybody. We'll talk Kim Potter and the Dante Wright case. We'll talk about a man who was sentenced to 110 years because his brakes failed and it caused four deaths. And we'll talk about law enforcement and white supremacists. A whole heck of a lot to get to, as always. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is Therapy Session slash episode 149 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how goes you? It's been a busy week. It's been a busy month. It's been a busy year. How are you doing, sir?
1: It's been a crazy year. It was um, the storming of the Capitol was this year. It feels like, you know, a lifetime ago. Um, I don't uh, know about a, a recap of the year. There's uh, so much that happened, um, but uh, I, I'm doing well, Gerardo. Uh, anxious to get into uh, the holidays. Hope everyone had a good Christmas who was listening to this because, um, of course, it'll be published uh, after the 25th. How are you doing?
0: I am well. I'm excited for 2022. I'm excited for next week's episode where we'll hand out some awards. Um, you know, 2021, for the most part, was a, a a a fantastic year for pretty much everything except for, you know, the gold names, right? There, there were some winners there for sure, But, you know, for the most part, I think this 15, 16, 17 month long consolidation has a lot of people bored with gold um, despite, you know, the equities holding up halfway decently here to end the year. There's some names showing significant weakness that we can get into here in a little bit that I think present pretty compelling bargains. But frankly, they've presented pretty compelling bargains for the bulk of the year. So I think there's a heck of an opportunity there. Um, long-winded way of saying, you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited for 2022, and uh, very thankful for 2021, and hope that everybody had a great Christmas, a great holiday, and that everybody has a great new year.
1: Well, gold showing actually a little bit of strength, right? Once everyone gets bored with it, is uh, you know, uh, typically when it goes right, once it's faked everybody out. Um, actually above $1,800 now and, um, worth sifting through the ashes to see, uh, what's available in that space, um, from top to bottom. Like I was running screens today, uh, doing just that, looking to see names that were, I guess we'll start with the liquid names, you know, names that were liquid in the gold space that were. Um, you know, one to 10 or 15% off their um, lows um, uh, that had, you know, uh, good share structures or or, or low PE ratios. Um, and like Barrett came up in one of those mm. screens, for example. So um, there's there's things to like in the gold space. Even uh, Franco Nevada um, is in one of my publications and um, has been dipping under uh, the value under price we have on that recently. So uh, things to like in the gold space. Um, but I think it points more broadly to, um, you know, uh, people wanting to be defensive or relatively defensive in the market. Um, you mentioned, sorry, this is a rambling answer. You mentioned the, you know, there's no volatility. And you mentioned stocks going back to near all time highs. But and being led by different things now. Like if I look at the S&P sectors that are up the most over the past uh, week, it's uh, like consumer staples and utilities and real estate, like tech is not doing as well. Energy has um, fallen off and, and things that have um, led earlier in the year aren't aren't doing as well. And, and, and things are changing in the currency market. You wanted to talk about the uh, Lira, can talk more about that. I don't know much about that, but the dollar has certainly uh, been strengthening. And um, when you see these bigger moves in the currency market, I I think it portends uh, coming moves in the um, other markets, other assets, uh, equities and things like that, because currencies are obviously uh, much bigger. And so I just think we're in a transitory period right now, which is and going back to gold one of the reasons it's doing well one of the reasons uh, utilities are, are doing well in the in the sP and uh, one of the reasons that uh well two other reasons one of the reasons that the dollar is strengthening right people moving to dollars as a as a, as a form of safety or defensiveness and um, same with uh, yields not being as strong as they were right is uh, people buy bonds for for safety the, the yield goes down so um. all those things sort of make sense and, and I don't know how long that's going to last. And so uh, that's why I too am anxious to get into 2022 and get some um, real direction in this market that isn't uh, based on low volume and, and, and things like that.
0: I thought that was a great answer. Um, Bitcoin's catching a bit back up to the 51,000 level. Any. Any thoughts there? Are you hodling still? I know I ask you every week. It's uh, my way to keep my finger on the pulse. I know we're waiting to launch Mr. Chris Curl's service. That delay hasn't been our doing. It has been the doing of one of the major platforms that we are waiting on. But excited to launch that here soon. Thoughts on the crypto space, Mr. Hodge? I'm
1: not going to wait much longer. Um, Still hodling. Um, told you I had bought a little bit more Ethereum, I'm learning more about the sector. So um, had talked to Chris last week. We'll have an interview out with him um, this week, the week you hear this podcast. Uh, not really an interview, more a discussion actually about uh, the sector, uh, the dip. He talks about the the leverage that sort of unwound post Thanksgiving and in early December and, and how it's been. Um, Bitcoin at least has been range bound and um, we talked about how it needs to get out of that range. We even mentioned it on the podcast here recently, 53,000 to um, really make a move northward. What's interesting is that uh, the sector is evolving and so there's new things to to learn about, right? I saw uh, this week that an NFT had sold for I think over like $200 million or something (laughs) like that. Uh, that's, yeah, a real number, like three digits millions. And, um, uh, well, I guess I'll just talk about it for a second because all of these themes have been recurring on this podcast, digital real estate and, um, NFTs and, and decentral land. And I'm learning more about it. And Chris is obviously uh, teaching me. So, um, a lot of money went into, to NFTs and digital real estate this year. That's been sort of like the new hot flavor in the market, but that's all still crypto driven. And so um, I'm actually glad you asked about it because I've been I've been thinking and, and reading a bit more about it. Like um, some of these um, NFTs you see, like let's take those expensive ones, those those gorilla heads, the crypto punks. Uh, um, the ones, the ones, ones taking pretense- all the
0: pretty pictures of all the pretty crypto babes away.
1: Yes, that are selling for <laughs> at a minimum at a minimum now. I think tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, and on the upside, like I just said, tens or hundreds of millions, which is crazy. But um, the point I wanted to make, or the main thing that was at least fascinating to me, is that those are all like made, uh, obviously stored. But also transacted uh in certain blockchains. Like so different NFTs are on different blockchains. The CryptoPunks are like on the Ethereum blockchain, for example. And so uh when you're buying those, you're also paying fees um that are associated with like the Ethereum necessary to uh, that has to be mined uh, to create those things. And so it furthers the market. Like that's one of the ways that that new crypto is created. And so the thing I was talking to him about was like, think about it this way, right? Like, just think about it like hard assets. Um, I use the example of copper, but you could do real estate or whatever. If the copper price is going up in this case, if the, if the NFT price or the, the, the price of digital real estate is going up uh, and you can't buy copper uh, because you're not a commodity trader. You don't have an account on the, the CME or the LME or whatever it is, right? Um, there's other ways to get exposure to, to that. You can buy a copper ETF or you can buy companies that mine that same thing sort of is now happening with crypto. You know, I, I might not want to plop down a, a couple of hundred grand for a, a crypto punk NFT, but you can buy Ethereum um, because the, the bullishness of the NFT market and the money that's sloshing around in, in those Ethereum based NFTs is um generating more volume and 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 more um interest in that particular blockchain and so um getting long winded again but there's different nfts on different blockchains like there's ones that are on solana and there's ones that are on um avalanche and you know ones that i don't even know about and so you can buy those coins which is easy to do on coinbase as opposed to um plopping down more money you're figuring out how to store an nft in a in a external wallet or things like that so anyway we had a long discussion about it and um why that's uh, the natural evolution and and how the the next evolution of that is you know, fractional ownership of real assets, right? How we can each own a piece of whatever we want, a painting, a baseball card, uh, whatever. So uh, anyway, keep an eye out for that discussion. And yes, in, in 2022, for sure, um, uh, the launch of his publication, Crypto Cycle.
0: Yeah, no, I- interesting. And look, it's a fascinating space. I had, you know, an acquaintance of mine uh, shoot me over an, an article. I mean, I'll just read the text, right? He said, check this out. I tried to buy two wearables he's talking about ice nft wearables i don't know if you've heard of this this is the first that i've heard of this he said i was only able to get one due to launch issues and they sold out in 10 minutes i bought in for one thousand dollars then i sold it the next day for three thousand dollars if you keep the item it's a form for passive in- income if you play poker yourself because it's called ice poker uh, or delegate your item to someone else you can earn 30 percent. i'll send you some links they will be doing two drops a month And so then when I click on this link, it's a link to Ice NFT wearables, which enable players to earn ice by completing daily challenges, playing poker with chips. Players may view, buy, and delegate their Ice NFT wearables on the DG account page. And then it's got like all these wearables that you can buy. You can buy a suit and tie. You can buy suit bottoms. You can buy money shades. Um... And I got to admit, Nick, this shit sounds like something from fucking Mars. Like, I, you know, it's 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 clearly people are making money with this. Clearly, there's a demand. Clearly, it's speaking to a different younger generation. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, there's also some real money, real wealth chasing some of these things when we're talking about NFTs selling for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um that's a pretty substantial investment no matter how much money you got. I don't care if you're Elon Musk and you're paying $11 billion in taxes and trolling Elizabeth Warren, which was hilarious, by the way. Uh, that's still a pretty substantial purchase, right? So have you heard of ICE NFT wearables?
1: I have not, but I could almost guarantee you that um, Chris has and and does some of those things and and will be writing about some of those things where... Um, uh, like you say, you can, um, perform certain tasks to earn, um, either more crypto or, um, interest on your crypto, or, um, you can loan it out in, in some respects. Uh, no, I don't know, uh, about, about the ice in particular, but, um, that's why we have an expert. So, and there's a whole, um, like you say, a ton of different, uh, avenues like that, right? Uh, Thousands of cryptocurrencies, each with their own, obviously, blockchains and each with their own uh, NFTs and, and subcultures and things like that. So um, getting to be uh, where you need someone who um, is well versed in that to parse it out for you, to uh, help you avoid missteps and to uh, um, explain it and, and show you how to do it. Uh, one of the other things uh, we talked about is how we're going to be doing um like screen grab videos because uh, just to simply show people how to do this stuff because it can get real jargony. So uh, maybe we'll have to do one about how to to buy uh, skins with uh, the ice.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, any thoughts on energy? I know that you've been more cautious about the energy space you had a great run for the past year I think I want to say maybe three weeks ago four weeks ago your tone changed as it related to you know the oil space any 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 thoughts there still cautious still waiting and seeing
1: still cautious uh, still dollar strengthening so um yeah uh, tough in that space uh, all, all kind of other issues there still volatility in the oil space uh, relatively mild winter. Uh, turning more towards a uh, natural gas divergence in the natural gas market with low prices in the U.S. and, and much higher prices in Europe. So uh, just not something I'm, I'm touching at the moment. And on the clean side of things, uh, solar had a rough week of it. Uh, there was a proposed bill out of California to um, add a surcharge to, to solar homeowners. And uh, the market didn't like that. And um, all the solar names sold off hard, so uh, tough in the energy space, and that's why I, th- I think the market is just in defensive mode or, or wait-and-see mode uh, here for the next couple of weeks, and I'd point back to defensive things like, like cash and um, utilities, and I was starting to look at like, uh, like transports this week, like uh, railroads and things like that, so um, that's where I am.
0: Yep. In true high risk, high reward mode, <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I'm <laughs> loaded up last week, the past month actually, on Patriot Battery Metals. That worked out well. It was up some 50% here over the last seven days. Um, I've added some Aldebaran and a couple of other names that I won't share because it's not fair to paying subscribers. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that um, just isn't being recognized by the market is 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 it, it's almost like printing money. I'll give you all one free one. You uh, get your money's worth today. Copar Minerals agreed to buy New Plaster Dome Gold. Um, and 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 you know the details of the deal uh basically have it to where New Plaster Dome Gold shareholders would receive I believe it was 0. 0.112 Copar shares, right? Copar mineral shares for every new Dome gold share. 0. 0.1182, there you go. Let me get the exact number. So if I, if I do the math, right? And I look at Copar and I see that it's trading for 120 today and I multiply that because I'm a simple guy, times 0. 0.1182, I get 14 cents, right? Which is where you would think new Dome gold shares would be trading. New Dome gold shares are trading at 8.5 cents. So there's a 60% arbitrage there that if, you know, if people believe that Copar will be able to raise the money, and I absolutely do because the group that's behind it, um, you know, the metals group that's behind it has raised hundreds of millions of dollars um, over the last several years, multiple times and taken companies um, like this from a market cap of 25, 30, $35 million to hundreds of millions of dollars. They got a track record of this. Um, if you believe they'll raise the money and this deal will close, then that's, that's, that's a, you either believe Copar is going to drop another 30, 40, 50%, or this is free money. That's just waiting for you out there, everyone. So, eh, go, go, go look it up. Copar minerals, new plaster dome gold. Um, pretty solid little arbitrage there. I think good opportunity for year end.
1: Other names, uh, could be added to that list as well. um, probably should mention revival gold here mm-hmm. which had traded down to 52 week lows on significant volume this week as a, a fun look to exit um no shortage of um resources there no shortage of uh opportunity uh, ahead given the um both open pit and uh, underground component there and a uh, larger resource to come so um Uh, Revival is one you should be looking at as well here, headed into the end of the year.
0: Agreed. Agreed. One more name just for kicks. Uh, Again, you'll get your money's worth on this one. Almaden Minerals. They had a news release that was, you know, part positive, part negative. The negative part was... They drilled three wildcat exploration holes, you know, far away from the main deposit and didn't hit a thing, right? Which, you know, it's it's undercover, it's exploration. Um, it's three holes and they own their own drill, so not a big deal. But the part of the release that was really interesting to me and another company that's trading at just a ridiculous valuation and at 52-week lows is the part where they uh, they announced that they're going to resubmit their MIA, right? They're going to resubmit their application for their mining permit. Now, this follows the addition um, to the board of several very important and prominent uh, Mexican nationals that know how to navigate the politics that is permitting in Mexico. And I I have to believe, Nick, that there's no way in hell that the Almaden team risks getting denied a second time, you know, all within a year or a year and a half's time, if they don't have a high level of confidence that that permit application will be embraced, accepted, and approved. And if it is embraced, accepted and approved. That little $0.35, $0.40 stock is going to be a 2 $3 stock really, really quick because that's a project begging to be built that already has a mill with a replacement cost greater than the entire market cap of the company. And yeah, you get a couple of million ounces of gold and almost 100 million ounces of silver for your troubles to go along with that mill. So, there's another one for you all. So you get revival gold, Patriots on to what I think is a significant discovery. The market seems to, to be waking up to that. They just raised eleven million dollars in flow through financing that'll go in the ground. Um, they also cut out a small, small presidents list. Um, hard rock financing, small portion of it. Mr. Hodge, I believe you wrote a check. I most definitely wrote a check, and I hope the next check I write is at a buck fifty and two bucks.
1: I did. I had bought a tiny bit in the open market as well and and that worked out uh pretty good
0: not a bad week so thank you yeah hey it's early i think uh i i i think um, you know assays probably post new year and if they're anything like the first hole um and hole three is the one right hole two is just an offset but hole three is the one that's a step out a pretty significant step out i believe 500 meters top of mind and if and if that hits any kind of uh similar grades and widths as that first hole, then I think it's going to be off to the races as the lithium sector has seen a lot, a lot of activity here in the past month. I think, you know, Argentina alone has seen over $1.4 billion in investments in Argentine assets. And so, you know, that's just one part of the world. I could continue with GM. We talked about GE. Um, I'll be writing about it in this, this, this month's issue of Junior Resource Monthly. So I'll save it for the publication. But yeah, a lot to like on that front.
1: Gotta love a quality third hole.
0: Gotta love a quality third hole, especially when it delivers, Nick. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, we talked about the officer, um, Kim Potter, about a year ago if I'm not mistaken, on this podcast, and we talked about just how flagrant the lies from the seedier part of law enforcement officials that use their power um, for shooting practice, right, and and to abuse uh, citizens' rights. Um, we talked about that about a year or so ago. For those that are not familiar, um She pulled over a gentleman by the name of Dante Wright. You can guess his color, not to play the race card, but this is what is in the media. And it's also a fact. The gentleman was black. The officer was white. Um, She saw, (laughs) allegedly saw a, um, a, 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 what's the little deodorizer things that you hang? What are those called, Nick? I'm drawing a blank on that one. The, the little, air, air freshener. The air freshener, that thing. Yeah, she saw supposedly as she was driving, sees this man with an illegal air freshener. Check this out. An illegal air freshener and immediately believes it's her police duty to pull him over. See what's going on with this suspicious activity, right? I mean, the fuck are you doing with an air freshener in your car? And so she pulls him over. In the midst of the discussion, um, she informs Mr. Wright that he has a warrant for his arrest. He doesn't want to get arrested, and he takes off. Right, he tries to drive off, and so Miss Potter <laughs> says she reached for her taser to tase him, um, but accidentally grabbed her gun, and um, and 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 pulled the trigger. And so the jury didn't buy it. She was found guilty of first and second degree manslaughter um, for the shooting. Um, we'll see what the sentence is. But, you know, this there's the, the, the last few verdicts I've actually agreed with everything from the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, which if you look at the facts, I think it was self-defense. The fact that despite the fact that I believe he was out to cause trouble and he was out hoping to be able to pop somebody to get his kicks. Um, but 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 in this case, he was hit with a skateboard and he was attacked with someone that had a gun. And, you know, in both those instances, you do have the right in this country and in that state. To defend yourself with the use of force in this case, yes, Mr. Wright tried to flee, but there was nothing that 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 that, you know, would have um, allowed under the law, Miss Potter to justify, you know, shooting him in the chest and the jury didn't buy the fact that she said she reached for her taser. And so that's that. Also, the illegal air freshener, there was also an expired tag, allegedly, according to the article that, that I'll put up as a as a link. Any thoughts on this, Nick? It's seemed pretty open and shut. You know, she'll likely do six to nine years. Is the sentencing range for first and second degree manslaughter? I think manslaughter is the right charge. I don't think murder would be the right charge in this instance. But any thoughts there?
1: It's uh, nuanced, you you hit on the expired license plate. And I think that's, uh, I- important because, um, it wasn't like, um, the gentleman shouldn't have been pulled over. Right. He did have Correct. expired license to throw the air freshener out the thing, uh, out the window. Um, and he did have a warrant. Right. And so, um, and nonetheless, he didn't deserve to die in the manner that in which he did. And so, um, I don't have to make it long. I guess it's just yeah. good to see growing police accountability, right? Because in the past, where there's nuance like that, right, where um, the the stop was valid, where he did try to flee, you would you would assume um, that the the ruling, whether by judge or jury, is going to be in the uh, police's favor because it typically always is. So it's good to see that, even in the um, face of a. Uh, a nuanced case that uh, police can be uh, held accountable. Um, hope to see um, more of that and less situations where it, it needs to be applied.
0: So she'll do likely six to nine years. Meanwhile, <laughs> a gentleman in Colorado, Rohel Aguilera Mederos, was sentenced In December, he was convicted in October of this year, to 110 years in prison for an accident where his brakes failed that resulted in the unfortunate death of four people and injured six others. So let me give people a brief recap. Mr. Medeiros was hauling lumber when the brakes on the semi failed. He was descending on a steep grade of Interstate 70 in the Rocky Mountain foothills. Now, he was speeding. They, they, they testified that he was traveling at least 85 miles an hour on a part of the interstate where truckers are limited to 45 miles an hour. So, you know, let's assume it was 85 miles an hour. Let's assume everybody takes those extra 10 miles in general. Yay. you're still 20, 20 miles per hour over what should be reasonable if you're hauling lumber, especially if the grade is steep and you have a semi, right? Um, so definitely a mistake in judgment. Um, his brakes failed and it caused a chain reaction where 28 vehicles um, were involved and there were ruptured gas tanks. And again, you know, unfortunately, four people lost their lives and, 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 and six people were injured now. Mr. Madero testified that he was struggling to avoid traffic and and he was also struggling to shift his truck into the lower gears to to, to lower it down. Um, So he goes to court and he's offered, you know, a deal and he says, no, you know, I admit that I was speeding. Um, I I miscalculated and I am extremely sorry uh, for what happened, but I'm not a murderer. I'm not a killer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking a plea deal for murder. I've never, his exact words, where I have never thought about hurting anybody in my entire life. Again, doesn't diminish the fact that people lost their lives and it doesn't diminish the fact that people were injured because of his negligence. But 110 years seems a bit excessive. Any, I mean, (laughs) yeah.
1: Well, um, yeah, I don't want to get... Uh, you know too political but um, (laughs) well no but i mean um you know should be factual yeah a a few weeks ago we had a gentleman um drive into a parade um through multiple barriers without failed brakes and that was positioned in the media as the the car Hmm. did it yeah the car did it. it right yeah and in the first in the first sentence of uh, this article it's a truck driver uh killed four people um so it's the the driver uh, who had failed brakes which aren't mentioned in the first sentence mm-hmm. I and mean, so you can just see how the the framing is uh different right and the i mean this is classic right if you're not red, mm-hmm. if if you're not if you're not red pilled you don't know how to read things but you know they do this with uh middle easterners uh all the time where it's um uh you know militants and uh you know separatists and um opposition and they just use phrasing words like that to uh, trick your mind into to to reading articles in a certain uh light Uh, i think you get what i'm getting at with the distinction here with mr aguilera medeiros um yeah. The other things I'd say is it's probably being sensationalized a little bit, um, as a lot of things are, because uh, the sentence was uh, mandated by state law, which had the multiple counts, um, the four for the deceased people and 27 counts for
0: uh, assault. else. Yeah.
1: To, <clears throat> right. They had to be uh, stacked on top of one another. And so the judge admitted in the sentencing that if it were – um, if the judge had uh, discretion, I don't know if it was a female or a male judge, sorry, if he or her um, had dis- had discretion, they wouldn't uh, compound them on top of uh, each other. And also, I think the state allows for like a, a relooking at it. Um, there's this quote here. It says the law also permits the court to reconsider its sentence in an exceptional case involving unusual and extenuating circumstances, which uh, you would assume this is so. Um, all that said, hopefully the sentencing gets another look. Um, obviously, he was speeding, um, and 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 so has to be held to account for that. But I think you'll see this uh, get another look, given the judge addressed it um, during the during the initial sentencing itself.
0: Agreed. It should be noted that the review came after four and a half million people signed a change.org petition. So, you know, I've long said that if you can afford a lobbyist um, or, or the best, you know, legal advice money can buy, then you're usually ahead of the game. And in this case, it was actually, you know, the public outcry that led to a review of the sentencing. And you hit on a very key point, and I don't want to let that go yet. The reason that he was sentenced to 110 years is because under state law, There's mandatory minimum sentencing laws in Colorado that take discretion away from the judge, which I am extremely against. There should be discretion in all cases from the judge that is hearing the entire case, the case in its totality, everything from the discovery to the pretrial motions, to the pretrial hearings, to the behind the scenes conversations that prosecutors and defense attorneys have, There's a reason why there is a judge that decides the sentence. And the reason is no one has as much information about the case from both the prosecution and the defense side (laughs) as the judge to take away the discretion from the judge's hands and say, you have to do this. It seems so ass backwards. Excuse the technical term to me um and so here instead of charges running concurrently which basically means if you were sentenced to 15 years on 20 counts then you know you could do the 15 years concurrently all at the same time and in 15 years you would have served your crime you don't do 15 years you know 20 times which is how these charges ended up leading to a 110 year sentence and so the fact that these laws are on the books. These mandatory minimum sentencing laws are on the books. And the fact that there's, you know, and I've, I've, I've seen it in real life, like with people that I'm I'm close to where the judge says, yes, I wouldn't sentence you to this. However, I have no discretion. The very least that I could do is give you this sentence and then good luck appealing and hope you can get a changes.org petition with four and a half million people to sign. Right. Um, so yeah, that absolutely has to change. There has to be a rewrite of, of our, pun intended criminal justice system and our criminal justice laws and the way that they're enforced because it seems and you touched on it earlier earlier pretty selective which laws are 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 you know fall under mandatory minimum sentencing this became really popular in the 80s during the crack epidemic and you know if 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 you were doing coke then it was one whole set of rules for you but oh god forbid that you were doing some crack then you know what you're going to get sentenced to 100 times the amount of time as the people doing coke. And we know why it was a class issue, right? It was it was it broke black and brown and and broke white people mostly did crack. And, you know, all the celebrities and the porn stars were doing coke. So, you know, it's 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 a class thing. But a lot of these mandatory minimum laws come as a result of the war on drugs in the 80s. And again, it just leads to a dilution of citizen rights. And to take discretion away from a judge just doesn't feel right to me.
1: You got it. I would have said all that about the crack. So you got it.
0: I like it. Um, I, I won't say the organization. I'll just say this. A white supremacist organization that builds itself as a very upstanding and proud group. <laughs> sure does like to tell on each other. <laughs> we talked about this months and months ago. And it just keeps going. Mr. Matthew Green of Syracuse, New York. Um, who is a self-proclaimed um, you know part of a group, part of a group that is you know running around and you know describes itself as a a, a western chauvinist group that's you know designed to keep the western masculine um, you know influence and culture alive has pleaded guilty um, as 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 one of the participants, one of the primary participants on January the 6th, the insurrection on January the 6th. And so not only did he plead guilty, but you guessed it, he decided that he will be cooperating now because he wants to atone for the wrong that he did now that he's been caught. So he will now be facing up to 51 months in prison. That sentence would have been much, much more severe had he not decided to cooperate, it'll be real interesting to see how he lives the rest of his life. Um, and it'll also be interesting to see the fallout from the information that he provides. Now, you know, I, I, I say that these groups tend to have, you know, a, a, an influx of people that turn informants because, again, I think there's a lot of these people that watch a lot of TV and play a lot of video games and have their little insecurities tickled and decide to put on some camouflage and get some guns and get out there and stir shit up and talk real tough and maybe even hit a couple of people and maybe even shoot a couple for their first time ever and and it's a rush until they get caught and that door closes and the food's not the greatest and then all of a sudden they want to atone for their mistakes right and they want to get right with God and so hey accountability to everybody I'm curious to see the information and the fallout that comes from mr. Green's cooperation
1: I wonder what kind of coffee he drinks
0: <laughs> what else is on your mind this week mr. Hodge you got anything else on your mind do we want do, what, what else should we get into do we want to talk about um, the the infiltration of law enforcement and and white supremacists in law enforcement. Should we, let's save that one for another day. I I, I want to leave that one alone. I think you know we we talked uh, January the sixth. We talked the hundred and ten year sentence. We talked Kim Potter and the Dante Wright case. I think that's enough social commentary for. One day, what are you doing in the markets this next week? I know we have a obviously shortened shortened trading weeks um, for two weeks in a row, right? This week and next. But anything in particular that you're using to your advantage? Anything you're looking to buy? Anything you got some dry powder set aside for? Or are you just dancing into 2022?
1: A lot of uh, all that, or I guess a little bit of all that to make uh, parts of the whole. Um, as sitting on a bit of cash, you mentioned a... I- was out of energy earlier this month got out of uh technology just uh today before we uh, recorded and so uh am light on the let's call it macro side of things if i typically keep a 20 position portfolio it's got like 15 positions uh, in it uh, and i'm only in like uh one or two sectors so um, yes, to, to holding a bit of cash, um, you know, hold most of my positions that I've held for a while. So in that respect, dancing into the, um, new year and then. Um, really trying to figure out what the new sectors are going to be. So the answer is a bit of an I don't know. But, hmm. um, you know, going into 2022, when I was writing uh, the, the, the classic, you know, or excuse me, going into 2021, writing the classic, you know, top sectors for uh, 2021, it was kind of clear that it was going to be uh, energy and uh, materials. And so it's not as clear what the top sectors are going to be uh, for 2022, right now, I think, um, despite the the Fed's positioning that it's going to raise rates, um, you know, interest rates are, are still very low. And I think you have to look at things that do well in a, a low interest rate environment. I've been writing about that recently. Um, I think real estate still looks really good. Um, and so uh, I'm looking for more exposure to that. And um, and generally, just doing the uh, reflecting on the mistakes I made in in the past year and how I can not make them again, and 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 looking to to set a plan and a path forward for the for the new year. What about you, Gerardo? Uh, a couple of uh, we're taking
0: profits. I think on at, at least one and maybe two positions here in Junior Resource Monthly. That'll happen in the next week. Um, you know, we've added a position here recently. I'll be looking to add possibly one or two new positions after the new year. I think there's still some trades to be made. Um look, uh, again as I said in the beginning, I'm really excited about 2022, but definitely using, you know, the extra day or two off to kind of reflect on, you know, where we can kind of sharpen the blade, right? I think the one the one um, trading mistake that that I found myself consistently making is is I'm real good at the big picture, you know, usually, um, but 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 kind of gun shy to take profits quick, right? Because I see the big picture, which sometimes ends up meaning that we end up in positions a little bit longer than 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 is ideal, so. Looking, looking, looking to get better at that without, you know, giving up the gains, right? Because the, the, worst thing, the worst thing in the world to me is to sell something at a 50% profit and then miss out on a 200% run, right? Um, so just learning how to balance that out. And no, look, other than that, it was an extremely, extremely fun and good year. I'm looking forward to 2022. I'm looking forward to Bizarro World Awards. Um I got a comment on it right before we leave because I think it's hilarious. Um, did you see that Trump got booed <laughs> at a crowd when he told people that he had taken the vaccine and the booster?
1: No, I did not.
0: <laughs> so he did that. He got booed and he didn't like it. So then he went on and did an interview with uh Candace Owens, who is the smartest stupid person I've ever listened to. Um, she does stupid very well, very articulate with her stupid. Um, and so, you know, Trump goes on the show and tr- the Trumpster being the Trumpster, right? I know it's been a bit since he's been in the headlines, but he hasn't changed. He got on there and he started taking credit for how quick the vaccines were developed, which, hey, he 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 hey, he was there and they were developed quickly. So kudos, right? And, and the partnership with private pharmaceutical companies. And, you know, he said, I came up with a vaccine. I came up with three vaccines. They're all very, very good. Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. So then Candace Owen says to Trump that more people have died from the virus in 2021 than in 2020, even with the vaccine. And um, he says, oh, no, the vaccines work. But some people aren't the ones. The ones who get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take the vaccine. But it's still their choice. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. So I just I bring this up because I find it hilarious that we're ending the year with Donald Trump getting booed by his own people and he's on the Candace Owen show defending the vaccine and sounding somewhat logical about this whole thing. Right. And, and again, it seems like the fringe part of the Republican base still refuses to have even a, 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 a factual conversation about who, why, what, where and how we can have a long debate about vaccine efficacy and mask. And, you know, is, is Omicron really just a cold and you, know, Hey, we could do that another day, but. I found this amusing, so I thought I'd, I'd I'd leave us with that.
1: Well, it's the perfect end to to, to a bizarro year in a yeah. bizarro world, and it, and it highlights how the whole thing is a dog and pony show filled with smoke and mirrors. So uh, just a couple of things, right? It's amazing how the um, yes, the, the vaccines were ushered in under Trump, and right, and it's the the conservatives or the quote unquote Trumpers Trumpsters that are against the vaccine, as shown by um, the booing that you just talked about. It's also, uh, amazing that, the you know, Fox news hosts will, uh, entertain that crowd knowing damn well that, uh, they are vaccinated them, uh, selves. Right. And so, um, it's just amazing that a vaccine can be, uh, politicized just the way, a uh, a, a bean that grows on a tree and is roasted can, um, have, uh, two, uh, Political factions, right? You know, I'm talking about the the Black Rifle Coffee Company I talked about uh, last week, and so uh, sorry, my my reply is a little bit long, but and then turn to the to the other side, right? Um, and so you see how that like is like a snake that's eating its tail. It's like it's just like you say, Trump introduced the vaccines; they're all vaccinated, uh, but their base is is uh, somehow against it because. Um, now the guy that's in control is, uh, you know, pro vaccine. And so they use it as a, um, a dividing mechanism, right? And so anyway, on to Biden, who said, um, you know, the tweet that was going around for him <laughs> while he was on the campaign trail was right? Anybody who presided over this many deaths, um, shouldn't be allowed to be the president of the United States. And of course, there were more deaths from COVID in 2021 than there were in, uh, 2020. And, um, Biden, of course, will not mention that uh, he said that and will remain uh, president of the United States, even though there was more deaths under his watch. And so um, anyway, you can see why everybody is or should be uh, just frustrated with both sides because they're all just full of shit. Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a great new year. Uh, excited for 2022. This is Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 149 of Bizarro World. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: See ya.